Hello and welcome to Movie Mastery, the podcast where we get together and review old movies because you tell us to. We don't get any kind of choice in the matter. We have to review whatever you say. I mean, we also let the dice decide. As always, I'm Jeff and my co-host John is here with me. Yep, and it's Jeff's birthday, so he gets to be in charge of the intro. No, it's because Also, I... he gets it in the butt. <laughs> Specifically requested for my birthday. No, I'm in charge of the intro because I let you do the uh, the first Immortal intro, remember? <laughs> you owed me an intro. <laughs> you, We have to swap intros yeah. now. We can't... We can't there, there's got to be a sense of order, John. <laughs> Balance. <laughs> there's rules. This isn't nom. This falls apart if we don't follow the rules. <laughs> the center cannot hold. Things... Fall apart, including <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> so as always, we look at a list of movie recommendations you send to us. We roll randomly using a random number generator on the internet, and then we watch whatever the hell you said. We don't get to say no. So send us the worst movies you can think of. Right now, it's Holidayathon, and so we are only watching holiday movies. Yep, only holidays. Every holiday. Any holiday you can possibly imagine. Valentine's Day? Sure! (laughs) Please, make us watch those horrible Valentine's Day and New Year's movies. Oh, yeah, give me all of those movies where it's just like 40 different actors doing bit parts. Oh, yeah, just freaking Gary Marshall just wasting his old man time. Just, just, (laughs) hey, let's put Gillian Anderson in a room with, uh, I don't know, is Jon Stewart busy? (laughs) (laughs) Shit, that's already happened. Yeah. That's in playing by heart. (laughs) Ah, <laughs> uh, movies. Uh, Alright, so this time we rolled randomly out of the seven options available, and we rolled a suggestion from someone calling themselves uh, Double Vec. Yeah, the Vec Vec. Vec Vec, and Vec Vec suggested that we watch the Star Wars Holiday Special. Yeah, because of course he did. <laughs> you know what's worse is that it's not just the Star Wars Holiday Special. He also wanted both the Ewok movies. So they're not Christmassy, so I put them over in the regular movie pile. But they are there. There are possibilities for the future. Yeah, which it's funny because having them both in there means that there's a good one to be looking forward to and a bad one to be worried about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, they're both Drek. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, oh yeah, this is the good shitty Ewok Oh, wait until you've seen them both. You'll know which one's the good one. Well, I saw the first one, but I was like eight, so (laughs) meh. Well, the second one's got Wilford Brimley in it. Oh, I love Wilford Brimley. Right? So there you go. Right off the bat, that's already a better one. Yeah. I mean, it, plus that annoying kid from the first one, the the kid, the, the boy with the axe that's like a circuit board on a stick, uh, Mace, he dies right away. He's real dead. Yeah, super dead. So are the parents. Just boom, dead. Yeah, it's just a Batman scenario right now. <laughs> it's a Batman scenario, except it's a five-year-old girl and she takes on the form of a whiny five-year-old who hangs around with a supersonic rabbit. Well, yeah, that's what happened. A whiny five-year-old broke through my window, and I was like, I must become a whiny five-year-old. I'm whiny five-year-old man. (laughs) So that's not what we're watching. Villains will come to fear juice. No, we're watching the Star Wars Holiday Special, and we did manage to find something that might be a trailer for it online. I think it was a fan-made trailer, but whatever. It It looked like it was cut to make it look serious. Yeah, no, this is a fan trailer of the holiday special that was made to make it look like this was probably part of the actual yeah. Star Wars canon. As if it counted as an actual entry in the in the uh, the trilogy. But uh, Well, it just was focusing a lot on Vader and Han. Yeah, and there was a, a brief shot of Luke. Now, full disclosure, folks, I've seen the Star Wars holiday special. 
Uh, it's been a while, but I've seen it, and you never really forget. But it's worth it for me to review it with John anyway, because he has not seen it. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to this. I'm, I'm a big Star Wars dork, so there's no way I was going to let it pass me by. So, of course, I've seen it. So I'm just going to let John tell me what he thinks where he's going to find in the Star Wars Holiday Special. Uh, well, I mean, obviously I've heard about the Holiday Special before, mm -hmm. but I've avoided any specifics. Mm -hmm. But I do know that that trailer was total bullshit because... As far as I remember from what people have said, I'm pretty sure this revolves almost entirely around, like, Chewie's family. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so you get, like, a you get a, a Donkey Kong Country situation where it's like, I'm Grandpa Chewie, and I'm, like, Mama Chewie, and I'm whatever. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what the actual family name is, but they're all Chewies to me. I, I don't actually know either. I, I, I'm pretty sure you can look it up. You know what? When we come back from the break, I'll have looked it up Yeah. When we while we're watching the movie, because... I already know going in that this movie is a check your phone kind of thing. <laughs> this is this is a 100% only bearable with smartphones movie. Yeah. So you so, got any uh, other predictions you want to throw out there? I'm so, I'm, I'm abstaining from predictions because I've seen it. So life day on Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk. Yeah. Kashyyyk. Yeah. And uh, let's go ahead and say uh, prediction they're gonna have. Some sort of thing that they have to decorate, because you have to have a thing you decorate. You yeah. have to have, like, a tree. Gotta decorate for life day, okay. I mean, you have to... And it's Kashyyyk, which is basically forest land anyway, so yeah. I assume it's not a tree, because they live in trees. That would be like having a miniature house that you decorate in your house. Isn't that just a gingerbread house? Oh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Do they have ginger trees? Yeah, they, they decorate gingerbread trees for life day. <laughs> and then have houses that they put tinsel on. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> well, you gotta give gifts, cause you're basically doing Christmas calling it a different thing. So you gotta have something you decorate, you gotta have gifts that you give, and you gotta probably have some, like, there's gotta be singing. There's gotta be some sort of singing in this. Oh gosh, is there ever. Okay, that's nice. a good prediction. So, uh, alright, I think we'll go ahead and go watch the, uh, TV presentation of the Star Wars Holiday Special. Please note that this is not actually a movie, this is an hour or so long old TV show that, that uh, preempted the Incredible Hulk for a night. Yeah, seeing that made me way pissed off. I was like, oh, dude, instead of this, I could be watching the Incredible Hulk. Oh, you're so sad that you can hear the Incredible Hulk sad walkaway music. Do, 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 do. See, right there. Do, 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 do. I'm just going to cut to that. That's going <laughs> to be the interstitial. All right, we'll see you in a little bit. Why can't you get a wooden Alright, so uh, Chewbacca doesn't have a last name, as it turns out. I checked. He's just Chewbacca. Just Baca. It's not Rosenberg. I thought it might be. I thought his last name would be Chewbacca. Like, like he's Chewbacca Chewbacca. Well, that, that just sounds like you're singing that Louis song from Jungle Book. Like, Chewbacca, 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 Chewbacca. Yeah, see? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe that is his name. Okay, well, I don't know. Anyway, doesn't according to Wikipedia, which incidentally has a whole like section for hat... And another one for breast. Like, breasts are often found on Star Wars characters. Wow. Yeah. Now, Wikipedia has been taken over by certain types of people. A certain 
type of person. If you understand what I, where I'm going with this. The type of person that wants you to know about hats. <laughs> and breasts. No, it's the kind of person that, that chugs up the talk page on Wikipedia all the time. I don't know if it's relevant to mention politics on this page on politics. Huh. That kind of person. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Instead, here's a list of every single time anyone said anything in Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Uh, good. Yeah. Alright, so, sure enough, we watched the Star Wars Holiday Special. Thanks, Vec Vec. You bastard. <laughs> You've ruined my day. No, you did a great job. I've seen this already, so I knew what I was going in for. And <sighs> I knew I could charge my cell phone, I could grab a seat, I could eat a cupcake. God damn it. Oh, boy. So, uh, how you feel there, John? Did you enjoy the show? I was draining. Like, that was... It's just, it wasn't draining like Christmas at the Cranks was draining, where at the end of it you're just like, oh, I feel like life is horrible now, and I, I'm just sad about things. Instead, at the end of the Star Wars Holiday Special, you're like, I just, I feel tired. It's like that movie took five hours of my life away. <laughs> it's only an hour and a half. Yeah, and yet, it just, after watching it, I'm just like, oh man, what time was it? What day is it? Who am I? What year is it? Well, I can tell you, the year was 1978. Let me paint a picture for you. Neither of us were born yet. It was a magical time where nobody had to deal with us. <laughs> okay, so yeah, this came out immediately after the first movie did. So that was 1977, this was 1978. A nation, if you'll imagine with me people listening at home, a nation hungers for Star Wars. They're crazy for it. All they have is action figures. This isn't like today where there's all kinds of media that immediately follows a movie and you can go get the Burger King cup and what have you. Oh no, there was nothing left except for maybe the movie still being in theaters in some places. Oh yeah, this isn't like the internet nowadays where you can be like, oh, I'll just go online and read someone's fanfic about this. Yeah. Or maybe go to DeviantArt and see what Chewbacca looks like with his dick out. So when the, when the concept of a holiday special by Star Wars came out, people must have lost their goddamn minds. Oh, I'm sure when... You know, if you're, like, some ten-year-old kid when Star Wars came out, and they're like, there's gonna be a Star Wars holiday special, you're like, I'm there. I don't even give a shit. Whatever. I'm doing it. Do you think some eight-year-old managed to make it through this thing like that? Like, oh, at least it's Star Wars. Uh, you can't take that away from me. Oh, yeah. No, kids are completely stupid when it comes to this shit. Yeah. Like, you sit a kid down in front of the worst content ever, and as long as it has something that they like in there, they'll watch it. I know. I watched that full cartoon don't do drugs thing. Oh, yeah. It was like fucking Bugs Bunny yeah, and the Ninja Garfield Turtles, and like, the Ninja Turtles. But not all of them. It's like two Ninja Turtles. Yeah, it was, afford. it was like uh, Donatello and Leonardo, the worst Ninja Turtles. The ones that suck the most. Everyone. <laughs> huh? No. No one's going to take... No one's, <laughs> Even if this was recorded before a live studio audience, people would just be staring at you in uh, dismay that you just named the worst possible Ninja Turtles to call the worst. I mean, the only good Ninja Turtles are Donatello and, to a lesser extent, Raphael. I'm not sure where you're coming from with this. Oh, they're so bad. God. Uh, no, that's not true. I'm mostly just saying that. I like Donatello just fine. Yeah. He's the second best Ninja Turtle. I, yeah, he is the best Ninja Turtle. He's yeah. the second best Ninja Turtle. He's the second best Ninja Turtle that I thought was the best Ninja Turtle. 
Because I, I passed through my childhood phase where I appreciated Mikey, and I graduated to adulthood, oh. at which point I came to appreciate the finer things in life, like bow staffs and nerds. <laughs> so I, I see that you've lost your ability to be a party dude, is what you're saying. What you're saying is you grew too old and too cranky to appreciate parties and dudes. Now, I think, speaking personally from personal experience, I will never get tired of dudes. <laughs> but parties? Uh, yeah, I'm okay with parties at this point in my life. I don't need pizza with a bunch of stupid toppings on it. Chocolate? No. No thank you, Michelangelo. I'll be over here, building a computer out of garbage. <laughs> For a rat. <laughs> Man, that's no way to talk about your girlfriend. <laughs> Oh, 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 Florence, Wait, are you oh. insulting the computer I built for her? That's mean. <laughs> yeah, calling Florence a rat, fine. Insulting the computer, though, how dare you? Oh, pistols at dawn, sir. <laughs> choose your weapon. I say this because I know you'll choose stupid nunchucks and hit yourself in the face with them. I'll choose bow casters. <laughs> oh, yeah, we watched the holiday special, didn't we? <laughs> All right, so this... this uh, holiday special is really misleading when you start it out, because the first thing it does is like, oh, what is it? Well, it's Han and Chewie, and they're in the Millennium Falcon, and they're running from two Star Destroyers. They're running from the same shot of two Star Destroyers flying around near Tatooine that you're going to see about three times. Oh, yeah. yeah. But at least when it starts, you're like, oh, that's that good Star Wars shit. That's what I wanted. Just get that right into my arm. Oh. Yeah, and it's got it cuts to Harrison Ford in the cockpit, the most bored you will ever see him. And he's saying something like, "Don't worry, Chewie. I've I've never missed getting you home for a a, a life life day. Yeah, life life day. Right, life day yet. And uh, and I won't do. I just gotta. We just gotta go back to where we came from. We gotta go turn around. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, fine. I guess we won't turn around. We'll we'll escape these guys. I'll punch in some coordinates. <laughs> yeah. And then he go. They jump to hyperspace. Which why didn't they do that a minute ago? Yeah. Anyway, they they jump to hyperspace, and then we cut to what is basically the meat and potatoes of this film, which is uh, Chewbacca's house. Yeah. Now, uh, if you love Chewbacca's weird growling noises, then boy howdy, is this the movie for you? Because right now we get his entire family, and we're introduced to them with them speaking. Only their grunts and growls, and no subtitles. We have no idea what's going on. Well, let's be let's be fair though. Chewbacca's never had subtitles. No, but what Chewbacca has had is someone that immediately after he speaks interprets what he said. Yeah, you have Han Solo hanging. Ah, I know we need to go over there. I don't even know why you'd say it, Chewie. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you always have Han doing that. Like it's the seventies, and I'm on a telephone with someone, and I have to be like. Well, yes, I do think that this is what we should do. Yeah. Yes, I am going to this place. You know what that makes me wonder? They have a translator droid on the ship all the damn time. They have C-3PO, who is just a walking translator droid. And yeah, there are times in the movie, where, in various films, where he says what other people are saying to the main characters. Well, yeah, I mean, do he we... doesn't do it for Chewie. No, I know he does. But do we ever see C-3PO speak some other language? No. I wonder if there's there's got to be at least one film where he does it, and it's... One of those half line. You know what there is? There's one where he briefly communicates with, uh, what's his face? Uh, the guy in Jabba's palace with the Twi'lek. Uh, Bib Fortuna. And, and he, cause Bib Fortuna speaks like pigeon English. Let's be clear. He's like, he's like, don't bother Jabba. And it comes out as, nay Jabba, no bada. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I understand that. I don't need a protocol droid. 
And he, and he speaks pigeon basic. Yeah. And then it cuts back to uh, C-3PO's like, Jabba, Bada, and Dino. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh. I speak jive. I got this. <laughs> Sign that pity onto Runny Kind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was also terrible. <laughs> Directed by Louis C.K. Enjoy your darling American comedy industry. <laughs> so, <laughs> we get just minutes. Upon minutes... Of Wookiees speaking Wookiee doing and other Wookiees. nothing, yeah, and it's 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 nothing. There's no point where you're like, oh, but they're like miming out stuff that well, I can kind do. of are. You can tell what they're yelling about. Not really. It's like okay, Lumpy the little kid one. Okay, which apparently Chewbacca has a family now, but oh, Chewbacca's yeah. well, he's old. You know, Chewbacca's like 250 at the start yeah. of Episode Four, but he has a family. He has a dad who is itchy. Yeah. And in addition to that, his name is Itchy. Yeah, there's Dad, Itchy. And he's then got his a wife. kid. Yeah, oh, he's his got a kid, kid. Lumpy. Lumpy, short for Lumpawaru. Yeah. Yeah, Lumpy. And uh, his wife, Mala. Mala. Uh, that's correct. Who who just looks... Mala Content. <laughs> <laughs> Mala Dwat. No, it's he's got a wife, Mala, who's... You can tell that it's a girl, Wookiee, because she's wearing an apron. Yeah, at the start. And then as soon as she takes that off, you're like, oh, I don't know, you could be anything It's now. a Chewbacca now. Because she really, she's the one that looks the most like just Chewbacca. Oh. Oh my god. Okay, so. If there wasn't the little bald So, Lumpy, Lumpy is terrifying. Every time it does a close-up on Lumpy, he's got weirdly bugged human eyes, and then just, like, human teeth. So it's like weird human features. It's like Mala... Had this kid with Han Solo is what happened, right? Because he's he's wearing like a half mask and a lot of hair glued to the bottom of his face because he's a kid, and I don't think they could trust him to operate the like Chewbacca mask that that Peter Mayhew uses, where he has like a fake mouth. Yeah. So instead, the little kid is like an Ewok. It's like it's like they have an, a, a fat little Ewok for a kid. It's so disturbing because when he's just running around, you're like, okay, that's a tiny Wookie, sure. Yeah. But with when a it goes, weirdly small head. When it goes to his face, you're like, oh. Oh, God. Oh, no. Oh, and it cuts to his face a lot, because this is mostly a film of reaction shots. Yeah. And, and so, anyway, there's there's three of them to describe. You got Mala, who is a girl baka. Like, that's basically what yeah. she is. You got Lumpy, the most terrifying child Wookiee in the world, with perfect human teeth. And then <laughs> Itchy, who's got, like, a bizarre Popeye character lower lip that he's cup- He's got the lip going on that lets you know that he was probably from the South Virginia version of Kashik. Yeah, yeah, which in the movie is briefly called Cass Hook. Oh, Cass Hook. Yeah, I, I, I don't, that's probably the official pronunciation. I think that's canon. Oh, yeah, that's, that's canon now. That's canon, Cass Hook. It's not Kashiak. And at one point I think they just call it Adin or Adir or something too. So, I don't know, I don't, it's not like they care. No, I, everyone was just super high during this film. Well, we gotta, we gotta save till we get to Carrie Fisher and her <laughs> famous scene, but, okay, so, basically, we get about, Three, five, three to ten minutes of Wookiee shtick, which is just these three people in their little treehouse. Uh, and it's it's just them growling at each other while yeah. like Lumpy annoys Itchy and yeah, then and Itchy, Itchy yells at him, yeah, like a bear. So so Itchy is building a toy uh, X-wing, and then Lumpy runs in with another wooden X-wing and just runs around going. Eh, eh. And I I honestly have no idea if like. Oh, di- is it broken, or do you want to play? Oh, he's or... pretending he's flying it. He's that's that that horrible noise he's making is him pretending he's making engine sounds. Ugh, okay, so he's he's flying it around the house, and and he flies it too close to to Itchy, who bear growls at him. Itchy just speaks in. Bah! 
That's like every time he talks, which, you know, makes it sound like he's speaking a different language because Lumpy just, just has a high-pitched... Well, that's the weird thing is all of them speak whatever that language is completely differently because yeah. you have the standard Chewbacca growl just like... Which is like, Mala's pretty damn close. And Mala tries to do that, but then Lumpy's just... Yeah. And Itchy's just... Yeah, he just, he just never talks for more than a second. He's always just like... Like, that's that's like everything he says. So, oh, and also, Itchy is super white, so we know that he's an old Wookiee. So we know that he has privilege. Yeah, he has to check that Wookiee privilege. Okay, so we get to watch them argue for a while, and uh, it appears as though Malo wants Lumpy to take out a... Like container he, of green stuff. Yeah, she's like, do chores. And he's like, I don't want to do chores. I want to steal this cookie. And she's like, don't steal that cookie. And he's like, okay, I won't steal that cookie. And then when she turns around, he tries to steal the cookie again. And other uh, holiday family tribulations. And then eventually she manages to get him to go outside with a green plastic tub of something. I I want to know who wrote this. Well, that's because, hard to find out. Uh, the problem I have with it is... There's going to be, throughout the rest of this, in addition to dumb Wookiee shtick, is just cutting to little clips of, like, people singing or the first thing that happens where it's just some circus troupe doing acrobat shenanigans. And there's no point to it. Like, usually in uh, any of the holiday things, that's a thing you do. You cut to a bunch of clips, you know, someone does a musical number, someone does a dance number... You've got a bunch of little things that happen in these holiday specials. Yeah. That's fine. I get that. That's what this is. Yeah, absolutely. And incidentally, if you're looking for the real answer of who wrote this, it's it's Bruce Valanche. Oh, God. Oh, I thought I couldn't hate him anymore, <laughs> but now I do. Yeah, Bruce Valanche, if you're not familiar, is the, uh, the hilariously ugly gay dude who writes the Oscars. And was uh, always on like Hollywood, Hollywood Squares. Squares. Yeah, he's, he's big on that. Uh, he's... Uh, he, by all intents and purposes, is a legitimately very funny writer and a nice guy, but he is like circus ugly. Like, oh yeah, like it's it's like a thing that he's adopted at this point as part of his persona. The problem is there was no jokes in this. Like there also wasn't anything that had to do with Life Day until the very very end. Oh yeah. Normally in a, ho- a holiday special, you're like, all right, we're cutting to clips of people celebrating Christmas or singing a Christmas song, or doing a Christmas thing, whatever it is, it all ties into a theme. But this, the only theme was Star Wars, so it was a Star Wars special that happened to also include mentions of Life Day. Yeah, the only people who mention Life Day, of course, are the people that they call on various phones, because you can't tell if the Wookiees are talking about Life Day or not, they're just barking at each other. So, anyway, to to push the story, uh, well, basically, what happens throughout the whole film is... In order to keep various Wookiees occupied so that they'll start, stop making horrible noises at each other, they watch TV. And everything in their house is a TV. They never watch a show on the same TV twice. Every time they want to watch a show or make a phone call, they go to some new device and use that instead. Which is also weird because you're thinking, alright, you got the Wookiees, they're on their like weird treehouse planet, and they're running around, but like, Everything is a screen. Oh yeah, and even like they tried to do the hollow screen thing with like the uh, when they the had first that one, the first one where you had the opening like the uh, the chess scene. Yeah, because they have the hollow chess set, so they have a hollow chess board just like in Star Wars. So you know they they turn it on for for Lumpy so that he'll shut up for a minute, 
And and uh, well, it's all just acrobats. Yeah, and it's not done in that kind of claymation style that the original hollow chest scene was. Instead, it's a circus troupe comes out, and they've got a guy dressed as a green devil waving his tail around, and a bunch of jugglers. And it's the worst music though, because it's essentially a guy playing a vuvuzela while people do the most simple flips you've ever seen. Yeah, I mean, I do find the two guys flipping each other over thing to be kind of a cool trick that someone's doing, but mostly it's just some jugglers. And then, yeah, some music is going, just, and then at one point, one of the acrobats gets sick of being a little tiny acrobat, so he just teleports himself bigger, and then just kind of stands over there and gesticulates, and at one point, he points at the hollow deck as if to say, or hollow chessboard, as if to say, look, there's circus guys there! Like, oh yeah, I turned it on, it's because of circus guys. Which, I can't, I don't, I, I don't understand what's going on here, like, is this a life day tradition? Is this a thing that like, oh yes, every life day the Wookiees get together and watch the traditional humans doing acrobatics. Oh god, that's no. a thing we do. No, this is because Lumpy is like 3. This is the equivalent of giving him the iPad so he can have Dora. That's <laughs> that's what this is. It's like it's like, oh, just give him his Dora. He wants to watch Dora. And then they give it to him, and he's like, bah, bah, and he keeps clapping for the stuff on screen or trying to touch it. And, and it keeps, there's a, multiple shots from the acrobat's perspective with this enormous half child, half monster leering face behind them as he smiles in wonderment at basic circus acrobatics. Which, oh my god, that is just terrifying because anything that shows Lumpy's face is terrifying. But in addition to that, it's so, it's such an awful idea. Like, why would you pitch that we were going to follow Wookiees? Because the only reason he's doing the, like, pointing and clapping and being a huge ham is because no one can understand him, so you have to do something. I've always felt like the thing with the, the uh, I mean, cause it's not like I've done any research, but I've always felt like this was what they got access to. They were like, well, uh, can we have Chewbacca's family after asking like a million other things? Like, can we make it about the droids? Can we make it about Wedge Antilles? Can we, uh, I don't know, we, we cut a bunch of characters out of the first Star Wars. Can we go in and visit them? Can we go to Tashi Station and do a cartoon about, about power converters? Give me Mon Mothma. Give me Come some, on, she, something. Well, she's she's five years out from existing at this point. Uh, so so at this point we've got nothing. You have only the things that happened in the first movie here. Ugh. So I mean, if you wanted, you could you could go back and get like Cami Lauzauner and so on characters that existed only in the filming and then were cut before the movie came out. Or you use or them. Give me like what was fucking Obi Wan doing when he was saying I'm old Ben like. Give me something. Well, anything. Couldn't do that because that would have ruined the prequels. Oh Some, no! Something might have ruined the prequels. <laughs> oh my god! So okay. Anyway, he watches this circus nonsense, and then we got to cut to uh, Mala, and Mala's watching a TV show as well, and her TV show is Harvey Corman doing a cooking bit, and it's not. Again, there's no jokes in this. Like the cooking bit is just a cooking show. And it's an alien. Like, that's the joke, is that the alien has four arms. And by an alien, we mean that it's Harvey Corman in terrible drag with... I keep wanting to say Roger Corman. No, it's it's Harvey Corman <laughs> in terrible drag with way too much bronzer on. That's how you can tell he's an alien. And at the beginning, he's just like, yes, use this bantha thing. And he's doing... You know, I have bantha loin. It's yeah. the most tender part of the bantha. And if you have a big family, then you'll want to use the bantha rump. Like, that's the joke, is, oh, rump. And then, uh, yeah, yeah. And no, there's, there's no jokes. It's just shit you'd find on a cooking show yeah. and then made up terms for the thing. So it's right. like, this, 
Barda root, and you're like, okay, great. Well, the, yeah, the bits are in there. They're just really shitty and really early, or like late 70s bits. Because the bits are uh, him giving a ridiculous Julia Child impression, also him eating everything as he's cooking with it. So every time he goes to get a little spice, he's like, it don't have some spice, too. And then whip, stir, stir, whip, beat, stir, whip, whip. And it's all like supposed to be too much and Julia Childy, and also Maul is not supposed to be able to keep up with a four armed alien. Although, a that doesn't... No, that doesn't happen. There's no was, exasperation on her part. Yeah, I was watching that expecting it to be like, oh, okay, so the the joke is there's a four-armed alien who's cooking that can do, like, four things at once. Maul only has two arms, so we're gonna get a scene where she's trying to do four things at once and then, like, spills it on herself or something. You get some slapstick. But no, she just goes, uh, all right, I've had enough, and turns it off. Yeah, and she's got a big pot of uncooked meat. Yep. That's, that's, that's the big Life Day special. But you know what? That actually kind of makes sense to me, because... The one time I've seen a Wookiee eat meat, it was literally just half a rabbit hanging off a tree, because Chewbacca, apparently some sort of astrophysicist and excellent pilot, is a big dumb animal. Well, he's medium stupid. He's medium stupid. His name in Japanese roughly translates to medium stupid. Don't worry about it. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, so we also get to watch uh, Mala go over to a phone and make what appears to be a 45-minute phone call. Like, the amount of time it takes for her to connect. And you think, oh my gosh, okay, I kind of get this, because it's the 70s, and people's view of what computers in the future will be like is embarrassing. And also, maybe she's trying to call off-planet. That must be the thing, is that it takes forever to dial off-planet. Oh no, she's calling a corner store. Yeah, and the <laughs> the way it connects is... It's almost like you were trying to use AOL to get online oh, back yeah. in the day. Like it's, just, it's just sitting there making a bunch of noise like... And just doing that oh, yeah. forever. There's, there's a good 20 second point where it just goes... And you're just like, oh, yeah, please. That was the noise I was making please. while watching this the entire time. Yeah, please stop, please. And then it finally connects to Art Carney who is... Talking to an Imperial guy who's in his store. And the best thing about it is... The Imperial guy answers him whenever he talks to him, but they dubbed it in later because you never get to see him move his mouth. No, he never opens or closes his mouth, and the voice they, they gave him is, like, dark and evil-sounding. He's like, I am the, I am here to see your things. It's, it's like, why is he talking like that? He's just some Imperial guard. But, yeah, he's just some soldier, yeah. but they wanted to make him sound like he was the fucking Emperor or something. And he's only in this scene, so it's really it's not like it's a big setup or anything. Uh, Art Carney in this movie is practically the big protagonist. Like, he's he's the only one who's got an arc or anything in this film. Yeah, so no, he's, he, he's there to be like, Oh, and Mala's calling. All right, well, hey, Mala, are you asking about that shaggy rug that's supposed to be delivered? Oh, this joke, yeah. A, a woman did it by hand and just by herself. You could sh- say she did it by hand, solo. And you're like, oh, Oh, God, but finally, at least it was a joke. Like, I'm a half hour into this stupid thing, and it's the first joke. I don't care if it's the dumbest pun. <laughs> uh, I'll bring it to you. Leia. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Leda. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, so he manages to get rid of the Imperial Guard Oh, my guy. God, in the funniest shit. He's, like, trying to show this guard stupid crap in his store, and at one point he shows him a... a Pocket aquarium? Pocket aquarium. Which, like, oh, I hate fish. I hate fish. Yeah, well, me you, too. Whatever. Why, why did you take it from me when I said, here, look at this pocket aquarium then? Because he picks it up so you can see that he's holding a whole aquarium full of tiny angelfish. 
And then he, uh, uh, Art Carney pulls out a like a hair dryer slash hairbrush. It's, it's, it's like a comb it's on like a, a vibrator, a light, uh, like a lightsaber. It's a lightsaber with a comb on the end of it. And he and starts doing some dumb spiel about the things it does. And then the Imperial guy does the "I'll take it." Oh, how are you paying for it? I said I'll take it routine. Yeah. So the Imperial ends his big traumatic, like dramatic, uh, evil moment by stealing a hairbrush. Yep, that's it. Fucking the Imperial soldier goes to a corner store on Kashik and steals a hairbrush. Great. <laughs> the stakes are real high in this one. And scene. Theater. <laughs> Food. <laughs> yeah, so that happens. And then, okay, it's going to sound like we're just constantly describing them calling people and watching movies. That's all it is. Because, yeah. you know, it... And again, it's a variety show, so I don't have a problem with it because every one of these holiday specials does that. It's always, oh, I just got a call from my good friend who's in Hawaii. I wonder what Christmas is like on Hawaii. And then it goes over there and it's like, Malekalikimaka is the thing to say. And then you get that bit. And yeah, you're like, okay, yeah. awesome. I mean, it's been a while. I mean, actually, it hasn't been a while since someone's made one of those because there's a Bill Murray one on Netflix right now. Yeah. yeah. Also, uh, I remember Glee did an episode where they did one of those. Nice. Well, even then, that's an episode of a TV show. But when they do these, like, live specials, when they were like, let's check, let's pretend that we're at Bill Murray's house and his famous friends come by to visit over and over again. I mean, that's what generated the famous Bing Crosby, David Bowie duet. Is That was on one of those. Yeah. So... I mean, and, and I hear that the uh, the new one has a, the Bill Murray one has a George Clooney and Carly Rae, no, it's, uh, what's her face, Miley Cyrus duet in it. Oh, good. Yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> I can't wait to see what tiny outfit is she's made out of Christmas nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you tiny wannabe Gaga. Her stockings were hung on her boobies with care. <laughs> uh, so, we get... Let's see. After that, we, well, we also call, need to check in with Luke. We call Luke, and, and Luke's fixing some little. Well, he's supposed to be fixing an engine. Yeah, but what he is actually doing is poking at a pipe that occasionally shoots steam. Yeah, and he's got R two D two with him, so we get to see R two D two too. Luke, by the way, <laughs> has never looked weirder than he does in his five minutes of this movie. Well, yeah, he looks very. Plastic. His hair is super weird. Yeah, it's like they bleached it. His hair is like ultra blonde. He's got gi- his eyes are gigantic. Now I know that Luke was nineteen when he made the first movie, so he's he's a little kid. And by the time they made this movie, he's only twenty, so he can still look like a little kid. It's fine, but uh, he looks younger in this than he does in, in the first in in New Hope. I when when I were when I was watching the beginning of this, and they were doing the like. And with the cast of characters and just showing everyone that was going to show up. When it showed him, I was like, oh, did they just... Were they not able to get Mark Hamill? Did they get some look-alike guy? Yeah, it's it's weird. Now, I, I think, and I'm not sure about the timeline, so I don't want to say this with any assurance because I don't want people to correct me. Uh, is I think this might be right after his car accident. Because he had a car accident between New Hope and uh, Empire Strikes Back that kind of gave him a big chin scar. That uh, I, I think he had it before this, and, and, and he's got a lot of makeup on to cover it, so that might be why he's weird-looking, but I'm not sure. Because by the time of Empire, he had given up, and he just has a chin scar. Yeah. Uh, it's just not a big deal. But anyway, uh, so he's like, he's like, uh, hey, hi, Wookiees, what's going on? And they all oh. just start barking at him in unison. And, like, he can... It's weird because... Sometimes you think he can tell what they're saying, and then sometimes he can't. Oh yeah, he has them pantomime stuff. Like at one point, he looks he looks down at R two D two who is breaking his pipe. 
And he's like, R2, don't break a pipe again. And when he looks up, Maul is holding up a portrait, like a Sears family portrait he's, she has had made of, of Chewbacca. Some glamour shots oh, yeah, for it's, Chewbacca. It's like a Chewbacca glamour shot, and it's framed in like an Aaron Brothers frame from 1985. Wait, well, that'd be weird, because she got it from six years into the future. <laughs> hey, but, way longer than six years into the future. Oh, no, this was set a long time ago. Yeah, long, long ago. Yeah, long ago. Far away, I know. So it's like she's got an old 70s picture frame with Chewbacca in it, and she's like, Mrr! And he's like, yeah, Chewbacca. Chewbacca's your husband. Like, is that what it is with the, uh, they just treat them like, like, like kids? The whole yes. Wookiee race is just, oh, that's cute. You're, you, you want me to feed you an apple? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mala, sit. Yeah, it's, and at this point, I had mentioned that we have yet to have a scene in this movie where a person can talk to another person and they can answer back by moving their mouth and speaking English. Yeah, because we start with Han and Chewbacca, and then it goes to just all Wookiees, then it goes to our... Uh, Art Carney talking to a, a, yeah, an Imperial our, who's all ADR. Yeah, our Imperial who can't talk back. We get Luke and R2, and then the next scene is some Imperial guy and Vader, and of course, Vader just has a mask, so we can't see him talking. Yeah, it, yeah Vader... It, literally, it's just the same scene that they shot in uh, New Hope. Him walking down a hallway with one of his ran- random admirals behind him. And the conversation's the same, too. Uh, we're tracking down the rebels, sir. I want the rebels found, and I want them alive. Okay, that's great, sir. Thank you. All right, cut. Yeah, that's it. That's We're done with Vader. Thank you for putting in this thing, Vader. Yay. I wasn't in this thing. I want that made clear. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, it, at this point... We watch yet more TV shows. In this case, it's that uh, Art Carney as the traitor uh, San Sandborns. Yeah, Sandbar. San, Sal Salbar. Salazar. Sam Sandberg. Samson. Andy Sandberg. Andy Sandberg. Yes. Uh, he stops by the the house on uh, the Wookiee's house, and he gives them all stuff. And everything he gives them is more TVs. He's just like, "Hey guys, here's more TVs. More TVs. Go watch them in your room. Go watch them in the kitchen. TVs." So oh, he, yeah, no, it's. Okay, here, kid, I'm going to give you a communication device, and uh, Mala, here's a weird TV, we'll get to that later, and Grandpa, here's <laughs> here's your jerk-off material. Here's some weird porn, Grandpa. <laughs> here's some weird space spank material. Everyone in this movie gets a chance to watch something for an extended period on a screen, but, but Itchy gets the best, because he gets an old Diane Carroll song that's piped in through, like, a VR helmet on his easy chair. So all it, you, the start of that is like the beginning of one of those one nine hundred commercials. Oh yeah, it's just like she a, shows up. She's like, "Oh, I think you're special. What do you think of me? I, I'll answer that for only four ninety nine a yeah. minute." And it, it opens with like a spinning ball, like you're looking through a seventies kaleidoscope for about a minute and a half, and then it finally settles in on Diane Carroll wearing feather hair and a like a shoulder strap number, and she's just like, "I'm your fantasy." You created me. I'm the specifications of your request. And now I'll sing a boring song about infinity or something. Yeah. And it I, keeps cutting back to Itchy just going rah, 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 with his mouth. It's, it's just rotating his jaw. Yeah, it's, it's real nasty because you can tell he's super into it. Yeah. And you're like, man, does, does that make you a weird Wookiee pervert? Like, if you fancy humans as a Wookiee, are you... Are you, like, weird? Is that, like, bestiality for them? uh, I I don't think so. I mean, I think it just explains why uh, Lumpy is quarter human. Oh, yeah. No, that is 100% the son of Mala and uh, Han Solo. Yeah. 
Because I, I think they just happily interbreed with humans somehow. But anyway, he watches this and he just keeps going, oh, this is great, oh, yeah, kind of stuff for just, for for the whole length of this six-minute boring post-disco oh, sad sack of a song. It's so awful. Yeah. Like, again, it's something about is, wanting to bend a minute into eternity. That's yeah, the lyrics. Like, oh, if I could just take this minute forever. And you're like, that's a thing that I've heard before. But you've managed to make this just... Slow and boring and terrible. It's literally, I just realized this, it's the song Time in a Bottle. Yeah. Yeah, it's the croachy song Time in a Bottle, except it's being sung by Diane Carroll, and it's being sung to a jerking off old Wookiee. <laughs> uh, He's probably using one of those space vibrating hairbrushes on his own butt. Obviously. Yeah, that's that's gotta be what's happening. Uh, so, uh, we get that, and then... It's gonna be time for uh, the Imperials to show up. Almost, because still they have to they have to call Leia before the Imperials. Oh, show that's up. right. We need to get the stumbly, completely fucked up Leia. Yeah. So they try. At this point, we need to find yet another TV screen in the house, having established that there's one in the kitchen, that there's the hollow chessboard, there's a VR chair, there's a phone in the living room, and then they slide over a panel in the living room to reveal yet another phone, which they use to call Leia. Or actually, I think Leia calls them. And it's it, C-3PO is trying to call them for Leia. And Leia's, like, doing paperwork in a space office. And then it, it they call the Wookiees. And thankfully, C-3PO's there to translate this time. And yeah. Leia comes popping up to talk to them. And she's like, oh, it's Mala. And she comes around to the other side of her desk. And she falls on it briefly. Like, she oh. cannot walk straight. Oh, yeah. No, she is just stumbling and, like... She is coked to the gills. Super expanded eyes. She's just like... Hey, Mala, you wanna you wanna help me take apart a coffee maker, <laughs> Molly? You're so bright. You're so pretty. I wanna I wanna brush your hair. <laughs> it's so she's well, no, let's she's on coke, not ecstasy. It shouldn't be like that. No, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> You're so soft. I can't Ma- stop petting Mala, you, Mala. I've got an idea for a restaurant. <laughs> We should buy a boat. Let's get on that train. <laughs> so anyway, she she's blinking and slurring and wide-eyed. I, I don't even feel like covering this to any great extent because I think it's one of the most famous things about this is how coked up she is. But anyway, she tries to ask Mala. Where, she wants to speak to Han. Is yeah. why she's calling in. So she's, she's like, like, C-3PO, I'm glad I won't have to listen to your dumbass translate. Let's get Han on the phone. Oh, because she starts off like Mala comes up. And, and literally Leia is dismissive of this. She's like, I don't want to tie up the line. Uh, uh, C-3PO, make that thing get Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she learns... Oh, uh, Leia, you racist. Uh, she's super racist in the scene. Because when she realizes that Han isn't there, even though she has a droid with her that is literally just a translator and nothing else... She's like, oh gosh, the Han Solo is not. Is there another human there I could talk to? Is there a, someone else that isn't a subhuman piece of garbage? I don't want to talk to a space dog. Give me a, give me a human or a anything that can like a Greedo would be fine. <laughs> a Greedo. A, gre- <laughs> a Greedo. A Greedo. Give me a Greedo. <laughs> anyway, it turns out luckily Art Carney's there, so he pops up and's like, "Yes, ma'am, I'm Andy Samberg, the 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 traitor, and uh, I'll I'll take care of these Wookies. I'll make I'll make sure to brush their fur and get them kenneled by eight. <laughs> I'll I'll feed them twice a day. I will. <laughs> I'll take them out on walks until they make oopsies. <laughs> All right, Itchy, who wants walksies? <laughs> 
Yeah, so that's that's good enough for Leia. And she's like, don't worry, Han will show up because he always does. He he'll he get he'll get to the life day because he never he's not middle Ms. life day. Yeah, and at okay, this point, bye. She's, at this point, she's looking down and away from the camera and blinking. <laughs> she's, yeah, just well, life day, Wookie, and, and bye. And then, oh my lord! Exit Leia, <laughs> and, and then some Imperials show up in the in the Wookiee den. Yeah, and they're they're just there to be like, ah, we're we're here to see if maybe someone in this house is uh, part of the rebellion. I, which they sent an officer, two stormtroopers, and like an interrogator, like, and an interrogator it's, guy. He, he's wearing the outfit you use if you fire the Death Star's cannons. Well, yeah, he's. He's in the the black outfit, which yeah. means you're some sort of specialist. Well, he's, he's probably the pa- the pilot who drove the vehicle containing them over here. Which I don't understand. There are a shitload of places on this planet. Are all of them getting an officer? Well, he, they do mention that they have to go to more houses tonight. Yeah, but they spend like 45 minutes in one house just dicking around. Well, that's because one of them sits down to watch a Jefferson Starship song, and then all of them have to sit down to watch a reality show. Yes. So, okay. That is true. So so they pop in and they start making vague, stupid threats. Except they don't really seem all that mad at the Wookiees. All they do is point out that there's one adult male Wookiee missing from the house, and they're just kind of like, well, we'll just search the house. But then Art Carney is like, hey, uh, uh, let me just let me just distract you. Uh, you're gonna get distracted by me doing distracting things, which Look is at- weird because he's not doing it when they get like, oh yeah, we know that there's some secret rebel button that's over behind something, and he starts distracting them so they don't get to it. Yeah, they're just looking around, and he's doing, oh, I need to distract you from whatever shtick. I'll try except to it sell you this. Matter. Yeah, he tries to sell him a wallet. Yeah. And and uh anyway, he they they don't like him so they keep putting him at gunpoint. And my favorite thing in that is that the stormtrooper they have is holding the gun by like okay, so you'd normally hold a gun and then he holds it by the top of it. Mm-hmm. So he's holding like the top of the barrel of the gun and using that to point it at people. That's going to get real. Well, I mean they shoot lasers, so I guess I don't know how hot that's going to get. But it just one looks stupid. It yeah. looks so awful. And two, I'm like Aren't you gonna like injure yourself? What's going on here? Well, he's a stormtrooper. What do you want? I mean, it, you get what you pay for with stormtroopers, <laughs> right? I mean, they get defeated by Ewoks left and right. Yeah, well, who doesn't? Those things are horrible murder bears. Well, they really are, and apparently one of them is Chewbacca's kid. Yeah, this is explaining a lot to me. Watching this movie is that there's a little Ewok in, in this movie, and he runs around with an X-wing. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, in an attempt to distract them all, uh, Art Carney manages to get one of them to watch. Yet another little TV, and this one plays a Jefferson Starship song. Which is so Jefferson Starshipy. Like it's it's just dumb, weird, trippy rock that eventually you hear the lyrics and you're like, This is talking about a space god that disappeared and you want to come back. Yeah, like Copacan or something. Yeah, Copacan, the great god, and he went into the sky and he will return one day. And you're like, Are you in a cult? Do you need help, Jefferson Starship? I like that he's got a little purple lightsaber microphone in this this shot. Oh, yeah. All of the instruments are weirdly, like, lightsaber-esque. Like, yeah. the keyboard is just a purple lightsaber keyboard. Right. This song is terrible, by the way. Like, there's a point in the middle where he breaks down for a bit and just talks. And he's just, like, walking around with his purple lightsaber that's he's holding an inch from his mouth and going, like, Yeah, and if the great god ever does return, we'll be there to greet him with Coco. And informational pamphlets. <laughs> I mean, it's just him talking, and then right back into his boring song. And, and I mean, it's just a '70s 
video. Like, it's just the shot of these guys with a purple light filter applied over them. And it, again, the problem is, like, the, uh, the other song we had, the jerk-off material, or the Jefferson Starship, or anything, all of these are just songs. Oh yeah, they're just, they're like, uh, we were talking about this earlier, there's variety show stuff. They're just like, hey, Jefferson Starship, do you have a song that you haven't really used for anything major yet? Oh yeah, we got a real good one about the lost space god Copacon. Yeah, we got this song, like, Lost Lights in the Sky, yeah. we're gonna do that for you. We got one about how we built a city. We, we <laughs> oh, built... that's okay, we'll take another one. <laughs> oh, okay. Because <laughs> we built it on, on rock and roll. Yeah, no, no, so that's I, fine, I, we'll I, take a different one. Because we, we want to talk about Marconi... Yeah, no, that's 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 fine. That's good. But if you've got something else, he does a dance called the mamba. Okay, but that's a snake guy. (laughs) That's not. You're thinking of a mambo. (laughs) Oh, mamba number five. Yeah, I mean it's Marconi plays the mamba. That's the line in the song. Yeah. Well, maybe he does. Maybe he picks up a mamba and plays it. Maybe the guy who invented modern radios plays the mamba snake. Yes. Okay. Sure. Why not? Okay. I'm on board. Yeah, whatever. That's why they're in space. And, and I'm not. <laughs> okay. So we get that. We also get a wonderful scene of the Empire being sort of comically evil. Because up to this point, we're like, oh yeah, they're just fascists. We get it. They're bad guys. Yeah. But then they go into the kids' room and are like, unnecessarily mean? Oh yeah, they're just... They like, like rip apart the head on one of his stuffed oh, animals. They're just tossing his shit around. It's like... And, and again, Lumpy is basically a little dog. Like, he's just a whiny little dog. And then when they come back down, the uh, the leader, the officer guy is like, All right, l- little one, you should go clean your room. Yeah. That should keep him busy for a while. Yeah, so he goes upstairs and he's like, instead of trying to clean his room, he starts building a little TV for himself. <laughs> now, the one guy's been watching Jefferson Starship, uh, and then Art Carney... Oh, no, it's not even Art Carney, it's that all of a sudden, a big TV broadcast comes on, and it's like, attention all Imperials. All Imperials have to watch this TV show. It is a show about Tatooine, and you have to watch it so that you will feel better about yourself, because Tatooine (laughs) sucks. Yeah, hey, Tatooine's terrible, but at least you aren't there. And while he's saying that, it shows some stormtroopers walking around on Tatooine. The ones with the sand trooper, like, pad things on their shoulder. Oh, man, do they have to watch this too? Like, hey, everyone else... Point and laugh at these guys with duty on Tatooine. Well, no, I mean, that's exactly why Han and, and uh, Luke and Obi-Wan managed to get off of Tatooine. Is because right when they were trying to leave, all of a sudden, all the Imperials had to go watch some reality TV for a minute. Yeah, they mandatory. had to go watch B. Arthur the Bartender. I, I like the idea that, like, Vader has to watch this. Yeah. Like, Vader is, oh, well, I'm an Imperial, I gotta watch this nonsense. Well, he's the one who implemented it. Yeah. He's like, God, I love this show so much, oh, but no one ever knows it when I go to the water cooler. I'm gonna make it mandatory. That's it. Everyone has to watch it now. And the Emperor's all like, no, Vader, I don't think that's necessary. You, can, like, you, can you just, shut up. I will throw you down this goddamn well. I mean, I'll watch it if you want to discuss it. If I mean, if it's that important to you. But me. only if you join my now, book club. Now, now, did you catch the Incredible Hulk last night, Vader? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about the Incredible Hulk. But I just find that Bill Bixby so charming. <laughs> no, nothing like that. Instead, they, we get to watch these Imperials watch B. Arthur in the Tatooine bar. In the cantina. The cantina, including the, the Bith band. The And it's all of your favorite cantina people. You've got 
uh, ball sack head. You've got butt chin. You've Werewolf got the devil. Mask. Yeah, you've got a snail. You got yeah, you got big snail face. You got horn guy. You've got some kind of Greedo. You got a mouse in a an actual giant mouse. Yeah, there's an actual giant mouse who I don't think made it into Star Wars, but. <laughs> Man, if you ever watch the holiday special, keep your eyes open for the actual giant mouse that is in their bar. <laughs> it's not like some of the other ones, like the the snail man or whatever, where you're like, oh, it's a giant snail man. It's not like a giant mouse guy. It is like a giant mouse plush that you would win at the fair. Yeah. There's, like, that's what it and is. And it's wearing a robe. It looks like a giant Jedi mouse. Oh my god. Why didn't they make a movie about that? Well, they will now that Disney's bought Star Wars, right? Hey! Hey! Giant Jedi mouse. <laughs> so that's a character <laughs> in there. Oh boy! I've got so many midichlorians, kids! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, this is also the third appearance of Art Carney. Yeah, uh, in everything. No, so not Art Carney. Harvey Corman. The third appearance yeah, of Harvey Harvey Keitel. Because we skipped a Harvey Cor- Harvey Keitel. Yeah, it's also the third appearance of Harvey Keitel's penis. <laughs> what is it with him and putting that in movies? Just in the background. It's, it's so, so weird. I know. And then this, he's a Jedi for some reason. <laughs> and he's just waving it around like... <laughs> no. <laughs> we actually skipped a Harvey Corman appearance because it's one of the most boring parts of the movie. It's a, an instructional video that Itchy or that Lumpy watches about how to build a machine. And there's like a, Art, or a Harvey Corman pretending to be a droid that keeps running out of power. Yeah, which at <laughs> least, again, that was almost comedy it's shtick. Phys- it's physical character bits. Yeah, he's sitting there and he's like, oh, I've got to reboot myself. So he just like punches his jaw and goes click, 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 click. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous because he's just doing Harvey Corman, but every once in a while cut to him doing super fast chicken arms or like winding his forehead up or blinking rapidly. Anyway, it's super boring. It's like, it, it's one of the worst parts of the movie, but it's, it's barely even memorable. Wait a minute, one of the things in this movie was super boring? Amazing. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I have to tell you the truth. Uh, anyway, we actually kind of got to speed this up. Well, okay. Anyway, uh, we get a B. Arthur song, which is great. Oh, yeah. She, the highlight two, of the film. There's two scenes set in, in the cat the cantina. The first one, a man with a volcano for a haircut hits on her for a while, and she just keeps saying, order a drink. Yeah. And he's like, but I fell in love with you, and I brought you a flower. And she's like, order a drink. <laughs> Which, okay, great. He finds out that the reason that she was nice is because she's nice to everyone. She's a bartender. Yeah. So he's sad and leaves. He fa- End of story. Yeah, he falls in love because she said, uh, come again soon, I'll miss you. It, yeah, come back soon, I'll be waiting. I'll be waiting, that's what it is. And so he gets sad, Mr. Volcano haircut. And then, all of a sudden, in the Imperial, the Mandatory Imperial broadcast... <laughs> yeah, during the Mandatory Imperial bo- broadcast is a Mandatory Imperial broadcast. Yeah. And it's like, alright, we're shutting down Tatooine. Everyone, everyone go home. Everyone go to bed on Tatooine. It's we're, sleepy we're the, time on Tatooine. We're the Empire. <laughs> that's what we do. And then, I, B. Arthur wanders around her bar trying to get people to leave, and they all just completely act as if she oh, isn't yeah. there at all. No, she's finally like, oh, I know what'll get you to leave. I'll sing a song. And she just w- starts walking around going... Closing time. <laughs> yeah. One last, last call, call for, for alcohol. alcohol. So finish your whiskey or blue milk. Yeah. So it, it, it's weird because for a, there's a good five minutes of her walking around and exhorting random aliens and dumb masks to leave, and most of them are just reacting by continuing to drink and ignoring her. For a while there, I thought that the big twist is that she's dead. <laughs> Because she's like, you, we're friends. I raised your daughter. You have to leave the bar or you'll get shot by the Empire. Why can't you see me? Uh, so yeah, so she does her her, her song. song and everyone leaves. Her song is a slow, sad song called Time to Go, Friends that is sung to the tune of the Cantina Band song. And it's basically just all slowed, that and slow. All and slowed down. Every, 
Every rhyme is friends. Yeah. yeah so goodbye, friends. Which oh, is for a long time. So they leave, and then we cut to Itchy or to Lumpy watching the Boba Fett cartoon. The the, the famousest bit of the movie is that is the that introduction of Boba. The Fett. The first time we ever see Boba Fett is in this dumb cartoon, which is the only thing in there that you'd probably watch as a kid. It's it's like a standard, very low budget cartoon. It's it's like the kind of thing you'd see coming out of like. I don't know, some sort of Russian cartoon studio. It's, it's made by Nelvana, so we, we've got that going for it. But anyway, Boba Fett pops up. Uh, the Oh, no. Okay, it starts with Han Solo hung upside down in his own ship and Chewbacca gesticulating wildly through a camera to Princess Leia and Luke. And then the the Millennium Falcon flies by them and lands in a huge tub of strawberry jelly. Well, then, the, the, the weird thing about this is they were getting a magical amulet. Yeah, they need to get a magical amulet that makes you invisible. And so they find it, but apparently it gives you a sleeping curse, and that's why everything's all messed up and why he didn't take the Millennium Falcon back. Yeah, and Boba Fett's there riding a dinosaur, and Boba Fett <laughs> pretends to be their friend, and then it turns out he's trying to sell them to Vader, and when... <laughs> In the stupidest situation possible, Luke shows up and and, and uh, R2's freaking out. And he's like, R2, don't worry. Boba Fett's our good friend and a loyal companion. And then C-3PO says, no, sir. R2's confused because you said that Boba Fett is your friend and that doesn't fit into his databanks. For you see, we have discovered that Boba Fett is actually a traitor. And he is trying to sell you to Vader. And I'm like, why did you open with that instead of talking about what fits into R2's memory banks or not? You are the dumbest droid in the universe. It's so true. The and moment- they, they also let Boba Fett just hang out for a while before they were like, Oh, BT dubs. By the way, yeah, I mean, literally, they, they stop and fix Luke and Han and so on first before they're like, Oh, Boba Fett, by the way, is a traitor, as it turns out. We'll talk about that when he's standing behind me. Oh, yeah, and the fact that Boba Fett didn't just immediately attempt to, like, murder them. Well, they have to be kept alive. Vader did make that clear. Ugh. But anyway, Boba Fett backs up and jetpacks out of there, and that's the end of Boba Fett. Hooray! Oh, and it cut. The, we get one of those classic cartoon laugh outros, because... Chewbacca's like, oh, I did. I never trusted Boba Fett because he didn't smell right. <laughs> I don't remember. Did Episode Four set up that Chewbacca is primarily a smell-based character? Yeah. You remember when he was walking around uh, and he was like, "Sarah, friend, smell bad." <laughs> yeah, you remember that part? Yeah. Remember, no, I remember do. when uh, Han and Chewie are in the. Uh, <laughs> The Bog of Eternal Stench, and they uh, they have to fight an Ewok to get over a bridge. Oh my gosh. Do you remember that no, part? No, I, I do. I, I do. And I remember when Vader showed up and sang Dance Magic Dance. <laughs> yeah, you remember that. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see Vader singing Dance Magic Dance. <laughs> Go on, James Earl Jones. Get on that shit. Let's make that happen. David Prowse, call me. <laughs> okay. So, at this point, the Empire leaves, except they leave one Stormtrooper behind. That Stormtrooper, for no reason, marches upstairs and menaces Lumpy. Oh yeah, he's like, just like, oh, I'm an asshole. I'm gonna break your little communication device. I'm gonna break your little toy, and I'm going to threaten you with a gun because you're a five year old Wookie. He just and the other the other Wookies just stay downstairs and watch. They're just like they're just like, oh, he's going upstairs for some reason. And then he just, I'm cool with this. Yeah. And then he fucking chases him downstairs and chases him out onto the balcony. And then Chewbacca shows up, and so does Han. And uh, it takes Han to beat this stormtrooper, which pissed me off because throughout the movies. Like, at least in the first one, we have been told that Wookiees, and specifically Chewbacca, are ridiculous badasses. Right. Like, well, that's their whole point as a species. Well, he, it, what he does does make sense, because all he does is get himself between Lumpy and the gun. Like, but the, then doesn't do anything. Like, the whole point of it is like, 
Oh yeah, he'll just reach over and no, rip your arm off. No, he's smart as shit. He put himself between his son and a gun, and then he was like, "Look, I'm the big Wookiee you're looking for. Don't look behind you for the be- for the smuggler I hang out with." Blah! And then, sure enough, Han shows up and throws him off the balcony. The, I, I'm I'm against you on this one. I say that Chewbacca's operating at max efficiency right here. No, now, granted, the first what he could have done is just snuck up behind him and threw him off the bridge. I'm saying fucking the entire race is supposed to be way stronger and more badass than humans, which means. Mala, when this guy was like, I'm going to threaten your kid, should have been like, I'll rip your goddamn head off. No, Mala, Mala and Itchy I'm are... I'm a mama bear. Yeah, Mala, Mala and Itchy are total wusses. That is, that is a given. That is true. But I'm just saying that Chewbacca's actions in this scene they aren't necessarily him being a savage badass. They're him being super smart. No, that's so, garbage. He is never shown to be super smart, ever. He fixes the hyperdrive all the time. Yeah, by hitting it. Also, he fixes C-3PO. which By gran- hitting it. By granted, <laughs> no one wants C-3PO fixed. I mean, why would you even bother fixing C-3PO? If his head can talk by itself, he's complete. That's all you need. Why do you need him prissing around the place? Like, ooh, oh my. Ooh, ooh. So you don't have to carry him. <laughs> yeah. I'm a just lazy Wookiee. Just put a handle on his head. I mean- I'm a dumb, lazy Wookiee <laughs> that wants to eat raw meat. And is a stupid jerk with a speech impediment. The internet's going to back me up on this one. Of course they will. Because I'm saying Chewbacca's a dumb idiot. So of course the internet will back you up. Because they don't want to face the truth. (laughs) Face the truth. They can't handle the truth that their idol, Chewbacca, (laughs) is a dumbass. Chewbacca's a dumbass in Return of the Jedi when he goes after meat for no reason. That That is a given, and I have to assume he was starving or something. But... In this movie, Chewbacca is smart and is just trying to protect his son and set up for a cool ambush kill. I am on. I am on Team <laughs> Chewbacca. Team Chewbacca all the way. That's good. All I'm right. Glad you are. Great. Anyway, Han immediately leaves. Yeah. He's like, hey, he- happy life. Oh, I like when he says, "You guys are like my family, kind of." All right. Bye. <laughs> See ya. I mean, he might as well just said, "You guys are like my co-pilot's family." <laughs> Well, it's it's like when your boss meets your family, and you're like, oh, it, this this guy's a great guy, and you got you must be like family as well. Good yeah. job. Anyway, bye. Hey, you're fired. Just kidding. <laughs> I know about that life debt. All right. Well, anyway, it smells like dogs in here, so I'm going. <laughs> I'm going back to the Falcon where there's scotch. <laughs> so. This is where we get the only thing in this movie that has to do with Life Day. Oh, yeah. As soon where as they hold balls full of little Christmas lights. Yeah, as soon as they're alone, as soon as there's no humans around, they go get some balls, and they all hold them up, and then I, I they... And they trip those balls. Oh, yeah, they trip the fuck out, because all of a sudden, it's a whole procession of Wookiees in red robes walking through space towards an orb, and they walk into the light and appear at... A giant like, meeting place with a tree, and like where fog on the ground, and Leia and Luke and the droids are all meeting. Them. Oh, and, and C three PO is like the master of ceremonies wherever it is that they ended up because he pops up and he's like, "Hello, everybody! Oh, oh my! It's it's." it's I it's, loved the beginning yeah. of your C three PO impression. Hello. There. Hello, everyone there. I'll go. I'm C three PO. I am. What? what? <laughs> Take control, Gotham City. <laughs> He's got a thermal detonator. He does. <laughs> <laughs> Jabba Bada and Dido. <laughs> Crikey, that's the right vendor in Boba Fett. <laughs> no, he pops in. Oh, hello. Uh, I-, I wish I was alive because if I was alive, then I'd be experiencing Life Day as well. Oh, you have such emotions about this. I'm so jealous. Yeah. And, and then, then we get Carrie Fisher's 
amazing song. Oh yeah, she comes up and she is too coked up to stand on her own, so she hangs on Peter Mayhew. Oh yeah, she's just like, hold me, hold uh, me for I cannot stand. If you don't hold me still, I will run the fuck around. <laughs> I am tweaking so hard I right now. I will take these hair buns off and snort the residual coke out of them. <laughs> I will begin to eat these because I believe that they are cinnamon rolls. <laughs> And then she sings a song about Life Day, kind of. I, the only word I can remember from it is harmony. Yeah, so it's one of those, like, we're all together, and that's good. We live in harmony and the great tree of life. We live in a beautiful world, she says. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> and she's like, it's a beautiful day! Yeah. And then at one point she says, uh, and the days go by, water flowing. <laughs> this is not my beautiful Wookiee. Yeah, she's like, today is the greatest <laughs> life day I've ever known. Yeah, that All was right. it. That was the that was the joke. Yeah, and then uh, and then it's over, and we cut back to the Wookies, and they are hanging around a table in the Wookiee house. And then one by one, they bow their pre- their heads in prayer to what I have to assume is Wookiee Jesus. I I think it's a tree. I'm almost certain, from what I gathered in this movie, Life Day is the worship of the life tree. The life tree. Pro- probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay, John, you made a couple of predictions about what you thought was going to happen in this movie. Uh, one of them was that they were going to have to decorate. Which they didn't have to. No decorating. There was just balls. Uh, <laughs> balls, balls, balls. 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 Uh, there was, uh, I did, however, get the presents thing right. Yeah, there were presents because Art Carney Art Carney up. gives presents. He shows up with a bunch of TVs and porn for all these Wookiees. <laughs> Which is all I want for Christmas. Yeah. If you're listening out there, just send TVs and porn to me. <laughs> John, care <laughs> of System Any Mastery. Town USA, 123 <laughs> Street Place. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I was sort of right on that, and then I was 100% right on the singing. Yeah, there was some singing. I knew going in that there was going to be some singing. It's a B. Arthur song and a, uh, a Princess Leia song. Yeah, we get, uh, we get a lot of dumb music that sucks. I love that during the Princess Leia song, they cut to the other two leads from Star Wars. They get, you cut, they cut to Harrison Ford looking down and grumpy. Oh, yeah, whenever they cut to someone, like, I think... It had to have been after the accident for Hamill because he just looks like he's in pain. Oh, and it might like, just be because he has to listen to this song. I figure he's on whatever 1978 had to offer in pain medicine. Because like, he's whatever. just got this, like, vacant, vacant looking off into the distance stare. He's like, oh, God, just make it through this. Yeah, to me, he's got morphine face in this movie. Like, he has literally not a crack or a, or a feature break in his face because he is completely relaxed. Yeah. As relaxed as morphine can do. <laughs> so he's just like... And then Han, grumpy as hell that he has to be there. Yeah. And then we cut to the credits. And that's it. That was the whole thing. So, uh, so we're gonna do the, the best and the worst on this one. Let's start it out. Now, you've already seen this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what on a rewatch? Is the highlight for you? Oh, it remains my favorite part of the film, which is the B. Arthur scene, because at least B. Ar- B. Arthur vamping around and singing a dumb song to a slowed down version of the Cantina song <laughs> is amazing. Oh, I'll grant you that. Yeah. So uh, the B. Arthur sequence is my favorite. Uh, it gets us away from the goddamn Wookies for a while, uh, and B. Arthur's hilarious song is great, and all the time she spends trying to hang out with these puppets and stupid Halloween masks in the Cantina and trying to make it real. Like at one point, she hugs a giant mouse. 
<laughs> and at another point, she tries to high five one of Figrin Dawn's modal nodes, the ba- the the jizz band. Yeah, that's right. I know a lot about Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I figured that the jizz band was just because they had ball sacks for heads. They do have ball sacks for heads, and they are jizz whalers. They yeah, whale. They, are. they whale that jizz. <laughs> and, anyway, she's hanging out with them and trying to get them to leave. That's that's my favorite part of this. Yours? What's your favorite part of this film? Okay, definitely the best thing in this movie is she made it by hand. Solo. Oh, Christ. Really? That's your favorite part? It's the only thing in this movie that made me go, ha! Ah, fair The enough. rest of this movie, I'm just sitting there watching it going, oh, God, why? But that, for a brief, shining moment, I was like, ha ha, puns. <laughs> like, that was it. I had, like, a good five seconds of, ha, ah, and that was all. That was your happy place. That was it. That your was... one little moment of good times. <laughs> that was my good times. That thanks, was all. Thanks, Art Carney. <laughs> you did it. All right. So, uh, so the worst thing in this for you, uh, okay, worst thing in this for me, I'm gonna say the disappointing and very childish cartoon sequence, which I feel like we didn't give proper shrift to because we're gonna, we're running out of time. But I mean, Han Solo's face in the cartoon, uh, uh, he, he looks like a picture from a dollar bill, and I don't mean the face from like one of the presidents. I mean the pyramid. I mean, he's got a pyramid for a face. He looks ridiculous. He has, like, lines for eyes and a giant chin. You don't get to see him very much because he spends most of the cartoon knocked out unconscious. No, like I said, the animation yeah. in that looks like it's a weird foreign knockoff cartoon. Oh, yeah. It's bizarre. And it, it's just sort of Boba Fett's like, I'm going to get them until they find out that I'm going to get them, and then I'll just leave, I guess. No, it just it looks like it was... A weird Korean cartoon called Star Fights and... Yeah, except there's no way that's true because it was 1978 and everyone in the animation industry oh, no. was still terrified of the Asian countries. No, I know. It just nowadays is what I would assume was going on there. Yeah, yeah. But but in this case, it's just terrible American animation. I, I'm surprised that Ralph Bakshi isn't connected to it in some <laughs> way. I mean, you can tell he isn't because no one calls anyone else any racial slurs. Also, there's no tits. Yeah, there's no tits like flopping around in the breeze. Yeah. So it's not Ralph Bakshi's Star Wars, which... Granted, I would like to see. <laughs> uh, and your least favorite thing? Okay, worst thing in this is... I. It's a toss-up for me. Is it the ten minutes of uninterrupted Wookiee yelling? That's the that's number one on the list, is yeah. the beginning of this where I'm sitting there going, this is, this is like an endurance test of just art. It's like if someone went, oh, I need you to come into my experimental art theater, and they just sat there and yelled at the audience for ten minutes. Yeah. That's what this felt like. No, this is like if you asked Sheila Boeuf to write a Star Wars film, this is what it ended up with, yes. because no one would let him steal actual dialogue. <laughs> and he'd be like, let's see, what's not dialogue? Wookiee's yelling. I got this. No, okay. I mean, and I was so other... excited to watch you see that, because I knew you didn't know it was going to do that going in. No. That, that it's just Wookiees Wookieeing at each other, and then their Wookieeing intensifies. <laughs> yeah. The other thing is the dumb song that's the stroke material for the dad. Oh, that yeah, one that's is creepy. Awful. Yeah. Well, the song is terrible. Like, the other songs are also bad, but at least, like, Jefferson Starship had some energy. Yeah. And the, uh, like, the Carrie Fisher one was just weird enough, and it was at the end, so yeah. I didn't care. And the B. Arthur one's, like, a musical piece, so it's, yeah. it's fine. It's, like, from some campy-ass musical. It's fine. It doesn't matter. But that one was just, like, this is putting me to sleep in a movie that is already boring. Yeah, so that is a very boring sequence. So there we go. We'll no just cut the difference features. between those two. Yeah, it's fine. And, and yeah, I was really looking forward to watching this with you because I knew that it has this big bomb in the first ten minutes. Because you watch and you're like, oh, look at that. It's, it's Han Solo and Chewbacca and they're escaping the Empire and this is great. And then, right after that, ten minutes of uninterrupted Wookiees yelling at each other. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he doesn't know. He doesn't know this is coming. <laughs> 
there you so, go. Now oh, uh, we give our rating. It's a one to five for each of us is going to give us our score out of ten. Why don't you so, go? Why don't you go first this time? I've seen this movie. I'm gonna go ahead and give this a one. Which means it is better than Christmas with the Cranks. Mm. I would rather watch the Star Wars Christmas special than Christmas with the Cranks. There you go. That's how bad Christmas with the Cranks is. So, a one. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to give this a two. Why? Because it's got Star Wars stuff in it. Ugh. So I hate you. I, I I know. I'm sure you do. I star hate you. No, I can't not give it a, a above a one because I've watched anything Star Wars my whole life. I mean, I, yeah, I'll, you expanded universe. I, I I got deep into the expanded universe. Deep into. The, I can tell you who everyone you, you is got on screen. So deep, you put the expanded universe to sleep. Well, they actually did that in April of 2014 when they finally declared the whole stupid thing non-canon. Yes, good. Yeah, no, it is a good thing. No, don't get me wrong. I read that shit voraciously because I was a dumbass when I was 14. <laughs> And now you're older and a dumbass. <laughs> but but anyway, uh, so for me, this was yeah. It, it's an interesting cultural artifact. Christmas of the Cranks is just a bullshit movie made by idiots for stupid people. <laughs> this at least has some heritage to it. This is this is a piece of our history, and it's fun for me just knowing it exists because George Lucas has famously declared that if he could, he'd eliminate every copy of it. Yeah. So and I agree with him. I'm sure you do, but I also agree with pissing him off. I think that sounds fun to me. Let's all mess with George Lucas together and watch this terrible thing. So that means we've got a 3 out of 10. 3 out of 10 for the Star Wars Christmas special. Holiday special, you whatever secularist. I don't care. I'm having a (laughs) war on holidays. It's the Star Wars Holiday Special from 1978. Directed. Good, I'm glad you need to do uh, clarify that it's from 1978. Unlike the other Star Wars holiday specials that were out there. You know there's probably one by now. You know that they made some kind of Star Wars holiday thing for the, like, Clone Wars or Rebels shows that are on TV. Uh, or, or hell, maybe maybe either of the cartoons they made in the 80s. The Droids and Ewoks cartoons. Possibly. One of those probably has some sort of Space Christmas. <laughs> oh, Space Christmas. So, there you go. That was our review. If you want to get something on the list for our Christmas and holiday special this month. Go ahead and let us know. We've only got one left, so uh, we've just got one more to pick out of there. We have only, I think, about seven or so on the list, so if you give us a suggestion, there is a decent chance you'll get on there. Heck, this was recommended this morning. Yeah, it went on the list, and then we randomly rolled it. Yeah, that's, Much to my chagrin. That's how this works. I don't want to watch stupid things, but I have to anyway. Everything on the list is stupid things. You don't well, have a choice. that's not Would true. Would you prefer to watch this or the He-Man She-Ra Christmas special? I've watched that before. Okay, well, I've watched this before, but which one would you prefer to watch? The He-Man She-Ra. Believe me. Fair enough. Because at least you get to watch Skeletor. Oh, man, the part where Skeletor is talking to the kids and the... It's, I'm not nice! <laughs> Skeletor, we're cold! <laughs> I don't care! Fucking Skeletor. So good. Love him. I would, uh, yeah, I, I would also love to watch that, but we've both seen it. Yeah. So it's kind of low on our priority list. So, if you want to give us a suggestion, go ahead and send it to us. There is a pretty decent chance you'll get it. Otherwise, you can give us suggestions for our normal watching for the movie mastery, and that'll go on to our big list. And uh, we do this every other week, so in two weeks, we will see you for another holiday one, and then after that, we'll get back to our normal movie list. And uh, check us out for all of our social media if you want. Check us out on the Twitters, Gmail, System Mastery Gmail. We're on Facebook. You can find us wherever you want. Support us on Patreon. I think we deserve it for having to watch Star Wars Holiday Special 
personally, <laughs> I would personally enjoy if someone would just coddle me a li- little after this. Just someone be the big spoon. Here's a dollar. Oh, thanks. Thank you. He <laughs> I gave can... me a crisp dollar bill. It's not that crisp. Well, he gave it's me a moldy old a... dollar bill from my big wet fat guy pocket. Oh, yeah. He gave me a dirty butt wet dollar bill. Yep. Because you watched the Star Wars Holiday Special. Because I'm worth it. You are. Alright, so uh, there you go. Yeah, thank you very much. We will see you in two weeks for more Holiday Thon Extravaganzamations. Just keep changing that name. Run a tab for the Empire. Just one more round, friend, then a homeward bound, friend, don't forget me in your dreams. Just one more song, friend, and then so long, friend, the nights get shorter, it seems. Just one more rhyme, friend, yes, it's a crime, friend, but you know time, friend, time can fly, so it's good night, friend. Good night, but not goodbye. Just one more drop, friend, before we stop, friend, one more moment face to face. Next time you're dry, friend, try stopping by, friend, if there's a light in the place. We may not thrive, friend, but we survive, friend. Look, we're alive, friend, you and I. So say goodnight, friend. <clears throat> Good night, but not goodbye.
You're such a dear friend. You know I'm here, friend. Is that a dear friend? In your eye. Now it's good night, friend. What? Good night, friend. Good night, but not...